This is Food First Michigan on News Talk 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state, and by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome everyone, and thanks for listening. Our producer, Mark Blackwell, is the voice you hear every time Jerry and I weave in and out of a segment. He announces our purpose, our mission, and our goal when he says, the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state. One of the ways we are striving to accomplish this is through resource management. We want to be the best stewards of the resources that come to us. Somewhere in there is the philosophy that to whom much is given, much will be required. So we want to do well, be excellent, and it isn't just with funding. Although financial integrity is a hallmark of our Feeding America network. Our mission moves closer to reality when we manage all of our resources well. There are things that are in our control to manage better, like food waste. Did you realize that there are 72 billion pounds of pre-consumer food that is wasted each year in the United States? For those of you who are worried about the economy, this amount of food waste happens at a cost of nearly $218 billion. For those of you worried about the environment, as we all should be, that amount of food waste accounts for 8% of the global greenhouse gas emissions. Grab a hold of this. If food waste were our country, it would be the third highest emitter after the U.S. and China. We will need partners to address this, and helping lead the way are our friends at the Kroger Company. Their Zero Hunger, Zero Waste initiative has an aggressive timeline that says no more hunger or waste in our communities by 2025. A fellow hunger fighter joins us today to share how we can all be a part of this strategy to put food on the table and keep it out of the landfills. She is Rachel Hurst, the Corporate Affairs Manager and Spokesperson for the Kroger Company. Rachel joins Jerry and me next on this edition of Food First Michigan. Welcome everyone, thanks for listening. As promised, Jerry Brisson, Welcome to the show. It's great to see you on Zoom as always, but I'm not even going to give you a chance to say anything because Rachel Hurst is here, and Rachel is the Corporate Affairs Manager, spokesperson for the Kroger Company, and she's our friend, our colleague, our partner, and a fellow hunger fighter. Rachel, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be part of it. Well, we've done radio enough over the years, Rachel. I I just can't wait to move this conversation along. You are an exciting person to talk to. You are always doing phenomenal things with Kroger, not to mention just you as a person. And, and there has been so much going on. I mean, aside from the fact that I know you just uh, had an opportunity to really do something nice for the Food Bank Council, which we definitely want to cover, you have been in pandemic mode for months 
And I just can't imagine the enormous pressure that that's been as one of the key decision makers about how to manage all the changes. And I, I don't even know how to start with the right question there, Rachel, but why don't you give us a little <laughs> picture of, you know, what, what has it been like as, as a major grocer that's so responsible um, for community health and well-being just in what you do? Yeah, you know, um, and I appreciate the question. It has definitely been something I never thought I would experience in my career, you know, and I guess the best way to describe it is I was putting together a presentation recently and I went back through the timeline of the event, starting with like March 13th last year, when everything kind of changed, our office closed, people packed up their computers and um, it was very emotional. And I had to take a step back through, you know, every couple of pages of the PowerPoint and kind of regroup myself because of reminding us of what we went through this past year. And, you know, I definitely played a key part in a key, um, you know, key responsi responsibility for my company in making the decisions of how we were going to change our operational um, aspect of our business to keep our doors open. You know, I worked side by side with the state administration each and every day on different orders that might come out and how it would affect and, you know, what we do and how do we make changes quickly, all of the communication um, here in Michigan to our associates and to our leadership and um, even more to our customers to allow our customers to trust us to keep them safe when shopping our stores. And uh, I guess, again, the best way to describe it is it's emotional to replay those thoughts that you so quickly forget about and not that we forgot mm. about the pandemic, but the changes we had to make so quickly um, and how many changes we had to make. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, even as a, a customer, I mean, the expectation going to the store in April dramatically changed by the time we got to January, right? I mean, just remember yeah. all the cleaning people thought was necessary. I mean, you know, there was a point in time when it was like you had to deep clean everything all the time. It was like, but now we know that's not such a, a um, an important thing to do to, to stop the spread, that wearing a mask is really a lot more important and making sure that people maintain a certain distance remains to be important. But, oh, my gosh, the, the things we didn't know at the beginning that we had to do anyway. You know, and I, I think a lot of that, too, is, is, yeah, we've learned along the way, but now there's the perception that we're going to maintain it. We've, we are maintaining all of those cleaning standards. We're still to this day doing things that we weren't doing, you know, previously pre-COVID, and now we're still keeping up on it because now there's the new perception and we want to maintain that um, safety net for our consumers and for our associates. You know, I think back to when this first occurred, and again, you know, not dating the show was about a year ago now, um, that, you know, there was so, such a shock to us. And I, I'm, I'm like you, Rachel, I, our team went home and uh, we've been working from home and our productivity has been really high. If there's been food and funds available for our food banks, we've been grabbing a hold of them. But what we lost, I think, in what COVID took away from us was the opportunity to think strategically. We've all been mm -hmm. so reactionary to this, to the need and the heightened need and the and the incredible need that still exists a year into this pandemic. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. You know, the past year has definitely caused us to, to your point, not be proactive in a sense and not think long term and plan projects long term for an for a great outcome. It's been how do we react now? How do we react quicker, better, faster? But we're still reacting, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's definitely been a struggle for all communities, all businesses, and you know, all partners alike. Well, you know, I don't know where we'd be without um, the dedicated folks. Uh, the employees, the team members at Kroger, um, you know, I mean, coming into work every day. Uh, you know, I, I wrote an op-ed um, about midway through this that said, sometimes heroes uh, wear scrubs. Sometimes mm-hmm. they drive a forklift, like in, in the food banks, and sometimes they're stocking shelves. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, not all heroes wear capes, right? And I think yeah. we've heard that saying saying for years, you know, and to your point, sometimes it's an apron, sometimes it's a, a cleaner in our stores, sometimes it's our supply chain and our truck drivers. Um, but I think through the pandemic, we've realized how how much partnership and how amazing the entire supply chain is from beginning to the courtesy clerk in our stores. Yeah, it's so true. And I mean, I, I think we feel the same way about about the people in our supply chain and about, you know, the people on our distribution floors and the people out there, you know, doing the distributions exactly the same way. You you realize when you when you're so focused on their safety, just how much you care about them, you know, and you say, my gosh, you know, these are people who I know and who are who are, you know, friends and critical and and just great people. And my gosh, we wouldn't want anything to happen that would hurt any of them, right? And of course, we all feel that way about the people we serve, but still, you know, it's like family. And that's that's a really, that's a really, true perspective and of course the the changes that have happened the number of people that have wanted to order online and have you know groceries ready to pick up and just drive and pick them up and now you've got vaccines that are that are you know starting to be more and more important and i i don't know rachel how many pharmacies you have in your stores but i mean i know that that's a a big concern now and i mean there's just so much to stay busy around it is you know we Obviously, our our associates and our team members from warehouse to distribution to in-store, they're our family. Sometimes we see that, you know, more often than our own family. And um, yeah, it's now focusing on getting vaccines. And we have 103 pharmacies across the state out of our 119 stores. And we are eager to be able to have them in our pharmacies to vaccinate our communities. You know, we were the first retailer to do diagnostic testing in the state, and we were popping up clinics and tents outside um, to to help um, test the communities. And you know, we were the first retailer to also announce antibody testing right into our, right in our pharmacies. So we're still working very closely um, with local, state, and being announced as a federal retail pharmacy partner, we're looking forward to the day that we can help vaccinate here in Michigan at our pharmacies as well. Hey guys, let's take a quick break here and come back with Rachel Hurst. She's our corporate affairs manager and spokesperson for the Kroger company. She's also our friend and colleague. And as I said, introducing you, Rachel, you're a fellow hunger fighter. And we want to talk about zero hunger, zero waste, and a tremendous gift 
that you and the Kroger Company have given to the Food Bank Council of Michigan. We're back with Rachel Hurst. That's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. We're all three back in just a moment. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight here with Jerry Brisson, our guest, Rachel Hurst, who is the Corporate Affairs Manager and spokesperson for the Kroger Company. And, um, Rachel, this, this Zero Hunger, Zero Waste initiative has a pretty aggressive timeline which I'm, and I know Jerry is, we're all in the food security business. We're excited to, 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 to follow. So, so help us understand it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to take you on a short little journey back, um, starting in 2017, just so we can have a, a preface of starting the conversation. But in 2017, our company really um, took a hard look at all of the places we were giving. You know, we operate in 35 states across the country, and every state in which we were operating was doing amazing charity work, but we didn't really stand for one thing. We were very charitable, but how could we make an impact if we were all aligned and focused in a, in a direction? And when you think about the statistic with 40% of the food produced in America going to waste, and yet, you know, one in five children going to bed hungry, and families in the communities we serve not knowing where their next meal is coming from, we knew we had to do something different. So Zero Hunger, Zero Waste was born, and we were committed and still are committed to 3 billion meals by 2025 across America. And I will tell you that we do not sleep and we will not sleep until that is um, hit. We are committed to that meal goal, and um, each and every day we're making a tremendous impact in the communities. 3 billion meals by 2025. I also want to just restate a few of your facts. 40% of food going to waste and one in five kids going hungry at the same time, right? That's a powerful motivator. And, and I think it makes all of us go, yeah, something needs to be done. So 3 billion meals by 2025, that's amazing. And, um, and so... Um, how have you seen the zero hunger, zero waste evolving since it started? You know, I think that we have learned along the way that some of our very long-term partners, you know, such as Gleaners and our other food bank partners, we've been partnered on this topic for years. And we just really took it to a whole new level, a whole new focus, both internally and externally and really driving our associates to understand at store level how they can impact food waste, how we can make sure we're donating it each and every day to our food rescue partners. Um, but again, also coming up with new partnerships, strategic partnerships, and sometimes innovative partnerships to take a little bit of a different approach on partnerships or events or um, you know, community activities or even just awareness um, within the communities. So, you know, Rachel, in front of me right now, right literally on my desk in front of me, is an impact genome scorecard from oh, yeah. Mission Measurement. I, I kid you not, right? I have it right here, and I wanted to have it for this call because it reflects not only doing more, but doing better. 
And one yep. of the things that you've encouraged us as a partner of yours to do is have a really clear idea of the impact we're having. And while that impact can be on many different levels, the goal is to drive to higher and higher levels of impact for every dollar that you're spending and every person that you're interacting with. And so I think that, you know, that it lends some um, uh, strength, uh, or maybe there's a better word than that, but it lends a lot of power to the idea that zero hunger, zero waste isn't going to happen just by doing more. It's got to be more and better. And I think that's a mantra that we that we have on this show a lot. To solve a problem like hunger, and if you really don't want the words child and hunger to ever go together in this country, you've got to do both more and better. And I think that's one of the most exciting things about Zero Hunger, Zero Waste as a partner of yours in this mission. Yeah, you know, I, I really am I'm just so proud of our our company. And I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to work for the Kroger company. And to your point, Jerry, we're always trying to find a way to be better at everything we do, even from customer experience in our stores to our associates and associate morale. But more importantly, the efforts that we put into our communities and paying attention to how can we do it a little bit better? Did that work? Do we try it a different way? Is there something different or a different way that we need to support to help our partners? And um, while we could absolutely give, you know, all of our annual discretionary funds out to amazing organizations and still fight hunger, what impact did we really make? And are we changing the child that is hungry in the neighborhood behind our store? You know, what impresses me about this, Rachel, is it would be easier to just continue to do what you were doing. Because you said uh, our stores and our members and our people are charitable. And they were doing lots of great things. But to center this and focus this on the issue of food security, zero hunger, zero waste, um, that's hard work to get you know, I, I, all the stores across the country to buy into this, to be a part of it, and to own it. I'm so impressed and thankful uh, because there is so much waste. One of the things I mentioned in the monologue to, to introduce the show is the, the, the amount of food waste that happens, it, it, it happens at a cost of $218 billion every year. So those of us worried about the economy, we might want to pay attention to that. <laughs> oh boy, yes. <laughs> so I don't know, I don't know if this is the right time, but I'm going to say one of the things that has made a difference recently is a, a pretty sizable contribution you made to the Food Bank Council in Michigan and you know, as one of the food banks that are part of the Food Bank Council, you know, we, we love to see the Food Bank Council get support. They help us in so many ways. They have brought, I mean, millions of pounds of food and millions of dollars to the Food Bank Network, not just during the pandemic, but at all times. And, and, uh, and so I just want to say thank you on behalf of the Food Bank Council. But also, is there a story to be told? With our, you're, you're discussing our recent $50,000 donation. That's that what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. 
There's always a story to be told, Jerry, and there's always families in need. And as I mentioned previously, um, while $50,000 is definitely a lot of money, um, there's so many people in need. And I know without a fraction of a doubt that Dr. And, and the Food Bank Council of Michigan and the Food Bank partners within will put that money to good use and feed more people. Well, it will. Well, so, you're, doctor, you're... how are we going to hold you accountable? Oh, wait, did I say that out loud? Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. You know, the decision well, was quite easy, to be honest. You know, I'm so grateful, again, the company allowed us to do that. And it was without hesitation, yes, let's donate it. Um, and I was like, I know exactly what to do with, without any question. And um, I remember calling a doctor to inform him. And I think he about fell out of his chair. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. I, I did. You, it, it, you know, I, I, your name popped up on my phone. It's in my contacts. And I, and I thought, well, this is, this is going to be something exciting. It's Rachel calling. I had no idea how exciting. Um, and, you know, I was. I was blown away. And, you know, to have the respect of... Um, people who are so committed to this work, like the Kroger Company, like yourself, Rachel, um, in this initiative of zero hunger, zero waste is, um, well, I'll tell you what it does for me is it's a, it is a powerful motivator. It spurs me on to do more and to do better, to have greater impact, to have more effectiveness in this work. So, so that you know, seniors and children and all the working families in between that truly hunger comes off the table for them. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm humbled by the gift and I'm truly, truly thankful. And yes, you can always hold me accountable because financial <laughs> integrity is a hallmark of our network. And uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do what's right for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I have no doubt, no doubt at all. Well, let, let's take a quick break here and come back for one, one other quick segment with you if you have time, Rachel. You got it. Okay. Well, Rachel's coming back with us. That's Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight, Rachel Hurst, the Corporate Affairs Manager and Spokesperson for the Kroger Company. We're all three back. Come back and be with us. Food First, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. We're back, as promised, Rachel Hurst, the Corporate Affairs Manager and Spokesperson for the Kroger Company, and Jerry Brisson, as always. And Jerry, you and Rachel, I know, like, you know, the Food Bank Council just, you know, we were the recipient of this tremendous gift. But come on now, you and Rachel have been partners in this work Kroger and Gleaners and and many of the other food banks across the nation uh, across the, uh, Michigan as well as the nation, um, but you guys have a long history of working together to solve this problem. Yeah, Kroger was one of the first board members of Gleaners back in the back in the day, and Russ Kittleson, who uh, who's retired now, but uh, I tell you, he looks younger than I do. So, so now, now that might not be saying enough. He should probably get better complimented than that. I'm not going to say he looks younger than Rachel. I'm not going to say that. 
But anyway, Russ was on our board from the very beginning, um, and Kroger's interest in in food banking and in serving the community in this way um, certainly has gone uh, on for a long time. I've been at Gleaners for 15 years, and uh, and certainly our relationship has grown as our understanding of the issue has grown, as our ability to do more has grown, as our intelligence about how to do it better has grown. I mean, I, I think that, that um, we have really together found new and different and more ways to be of service. And so, Rachel, it's always a pleasure um, working with you and working with Kroger. But I would say between the two of us, we've had TV time, we've had radio time, we've, we've done oh, yeah. events, we've been on the, the Dream Cruise together. I mean, you know, there's so many specific things. Um, but, you know, that that's all been great time and, and what a joy and an honor. You know, I, I one thing between Jerry and I, I don't know if there's a room big enough for the passion behind the topic. <laughs> we, yeah. You know, um, we're both extremely passionate, just as you, Doctor, and so many other partners involved. But, um, you know, to Jerry's point, sometimes I think, you know, his team might think I'm crazy because I'm like, hey, let's let's do a Dream Cruise event or let's do this or let's try something different. And um, they've always been so willing to, you know, adapt to whatever we're trying because it's always important to bring awareness to different different folks in the community, as well as really try to do something different to bring engagement to the topic, whether that's with pounds of food or with financial donations. Well, and I think the innovation too that um, that you guys are both driving for this work. Um, I mean, again, I, I just love saying zero hunger, zero waste. And one of the reasons I do is because I think the two go hand in hand. Um, just recently, we had the CEO of Feeding America, uh, Claire Babineau Fontenot, on the show. And when Jerry asked her one of the great, great questions that he often asked, what are the top three things that we should do in order to go to the next level of food security, one of those was capture more pounds for food out of the food waste category. And, um, you know, so what greater partner is there than that than, than you guys at Kroger? Yeah, you know, I think food waste is such this topic that seems quite overwhelming, right? Because we as consumers create our own food waste at home. And even those that are recipients of food, whether that's from the pantry food bank or what have you, sometimes they don't know um, sell by date, best by date. They don't know what to do with the ends of their broccoli when it could be made into one or two more meals. You know, I think this mm -hmm. is just a, a very large topic to be able to tap into and continue educating our communities on each and every day, both from a grocery store as well as from food bank partners on how to educate the people they help the most. Yeah, and it has a ripple effect because the food that gets thrown away uh, then goes in the landfill, right? And so it creates additional cost after the fact uh, besides the, the waste of having spent the money and now not being able to utilize the full benefit of what you bought. And for the people we serve, you know, um, obviously every dollar counts and they're and they're they're working hard to make ends meet and so we want to help them do that in every way we can uh, but for the yeah. community in general thinking about the whole bigger picture of you know one of the things that we like to say is 
if something is purchased and not consumed, or if we distribute something and it's not consumed, everything that led to that went to waste. The growing of yep. it, the fertilizing mm. of it, the the shipping of it, the processing of it, all of that cost also went to waste. So the, it's got an enormous ripple effect, and, and I think it's one of the reasons why staying focused on how do we address that part of the food supply chain is so critical. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, on the topic of, you know, zero hunger and, and zero waste, you know, one thing that we always we always try to talk about and clarify is that, you know, hunger doesn't have a face. It could be a person who hit tragedy and diagnosed with cancer. It, it could be a yeah. mother who lost their, you know, a husband and now they're on single income. And it it's, mm-hmm. comes with tragedy. It doesn't come with just you know, the visual that some people think of homelessness or loss of job, it still could be two working parents and, you know, their child is sick or, you know, it's just so many different variables that cause somebody to have to choose between food on their table or a different financial um, cause within their family. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's, it, it has no one face that paints the picture um, it's, it's, it's too many different, that's why we published the self-sufficiency standard at our website, fbcmish.org slash self-sufficiency standard, because it looks at 719 different household types, um, that are, that are right there, you know, struggling with how do we, how do we feed our, how do we feed ourselves and how do we feed our, fam- our, our kids? And, um, that toxic stress is what we're committed to, to, to helping people come out from under, to take hunger off the table and replace it with access to good, fresh, healthy food. Um, Rachel, I can't tell you what a great joy it is to have you. And um, next time we do this, we hope we're going to be able to be in person and uh, be in the studio under the Golden Tower. Um, yes. So <laughs> and, and until that happens... Um, Godspeed and thanks so much for all that you're doing. And I know Jerry's not going to let me have the last word in saying goodbye to you. So, <laughs> how could I? How could I? No, you know, really, really great to see you. And I, I would say this, though is there one thing you can say you're looking forward to? One thing you're looking forward to right now? I'm looking forward to seeing my peers and colleagues in person again. You know, just another smiling face, not in a virtual format. I'm a big, I'm a big hugger. I'm a big, um, I just love people so much and um, I miss the interaction in person. I'm right there with you, Rachel. Thank you so much again. It's great talking with you and uh, we got to do this again. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. We will. She's Rachel Hurst. She is the corporate affairs manager and spokesperson for the Kroger Company. Jerry and I are back to wrap up this edition of Food First Michigan in just a moment. All right, Jerry and I are back here to wrap up this edition of Food First Michigan. Uh, Jerry, Rachel Hurst, uh, you know, in an awesome position to help move this and drive this work forward. But, you know, that comes from a heart. That comes from a person that uh, not only is in a great leadership position, but she's driven. And this is important to her. 
Well, I've known I've known Rachel for a long time, and that has always been the case. Uh, she cares deeply about this. Um, you know, she's a she's a mom. She she knows what it feels like to to you know be responsible for not just what she does at work, but what she does at home. She she ties that all together in her personality, and and even though she is driven, she is also um, just such a joy to be around. You know, she just, she puts all that together. So everyone just heard that, so I probably don't have to repeat it again, but uh, but I will say yes, great to talk with Rachel. Great to be reminded of the commitment that Kroger is making on uh, zero hunger, zero waste. And and again, when we talk about how what it's gonna take to solve this problem, you know, we always talk about bringing people to the table who win when we win. And Kroger mm -hmm. sees themselves as a winner when this problem is solved, when when there is no hungry children in the community, they see themselves as a winner. And and, you know, that's such a powerful thing in and of itself. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, you know, again, I'll harken back to the show that we did recently with our Feeding America CEO, Claire, who said that uh, she wants to be a leader that adds chairs to the table. So that right. everybody has a place in this conversation. Hey, you and I, we've been describing it because our work at the Food Bank Council and with the developing the blueprint to create food security in the state, that, that you know, we want to find who wins when we win. Where are the winners? And we, we've defined that through the years now as we know that education wins. In fact, education can't win without food security. There's no, no way you can have a food food secure student in a food insecure home it's just it just is illogical it doesn't make any sense and we know that healthcare wins um you know and how do we how do we develop these relationships and these partnerships and that's part of it what are the areas that we we're we've talked about jerry but we we haven't we haven't given it probably the attention that we're going to give it and that is how do we how do we capture some of the food that is going to waste and how much of it do we need to target in order to make a difference in, in impacting food security across our state as well as the nation? Yeah, and it is a good question. So, I mean, when I mean, the, the numbers are astounding, but if we just look at the practical, food banks capture about 5 billion pounds of that food every year right now today that's the 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 food banks that serve every county in the united states right so so five billion there's another 72 billion pounds out there <laughs> i mean so when you start to put the numbers together you you go wow so so the truth is even if we could get 10 percent of that that would more than double what we're able to do today. Now, some people say, well, do you need to do more than double? And the answer is, unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, yes. With all of the effort that we have now, we could more than double and still have some room left to meet all of the need. And so we know the we know what the need is. We know we know what what infrastructure it takes to to get food out there to people that need it we know we can do it um at a, on a very efficient and low cost basis and still get a lot of tremendous work done and we know that's what we need to do if if we want to see this thing get solved 
so Jerry, the impact that I talked about economically and on the environment, uh, on the planet, uh, in the, in the monologue in regard to food waste. So we're talking 72 billion pounds of food pre-consumer that's going to waste. We don't need to capture all 72 billion, right? Right. Right. Even 10% would be Even 7 10%. billion, right? That would be right. more than double what we're doing now. That's exactly right. So, I mean, you know, it's like, how do you eat an elephant, right? Um, you know, it's one bite at a time. So I don't think we look at a $72 billion problem. Okay. If I can look at a 7 billion pound problem, that makes it a little more manageable in my small mind. But let me, there's a, there's gotta be some, uh, there's got to be a bit of a shame factor here. Uh, I mean, we are the nation of plenty. And and this much food is going to waste? That, that we, I think we're going to have to stand up and own that and, 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 and face this fact, right? And, and until we do, I don't know that we're going to get a lot of movement on this. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm ready to have that conversation. Yeah, it's, it's, and I think a lot of people are, right? I mean, one of the reasons we believe this problem is solvable is because of the number of people that want to solve it. And food waste is one of the big reasons. It's not the only reason. There's, there's a lot of other reasons people want to see this problem solved. But I do agree with you, doctor. Um, there's no point in waiting. Let's get this problem solved. Well, with that, it's time for a little food for thought. It is simply back-assward that 40% of the food grown, processed, and transported in this country annually goes to waste, while millions of people are food insecure. Almost 10 million children. And while shame is not a motivator that endures... The true test of our leadership is to create positive change. We'll do that by reducing food waste, and that is a powerful opportunity to help end hunger and save the planet. The Food Bank Council of Michigan is committing ourselves to this work. We will use advocacy to create positive policy to help capture this food. Work with our friends, like at the Michigan Farm Bureau, and at Kroger, as well as our other partners in the field, especially our Michigan farmers. As we shape the future by reducing waste and hunger at the same time, it will allow us to keep food first, folks. Food first. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.